Welcome to the People Teaching People podcast. My name is Tiana Fesh. I'm a mom of three, an educator, a course development consultant, and a lifelong learner. Teaching and learning can take place anytime, anywhere, and in a multitude of ways. The range of knowledge and skills to teach and to learn about are truly limitless. But at the heart of all teaching and learning experiences are the people. The People Teaching People podcast is the place to talk about the who, what, when, where, why, and how of teaching and learning in a world where there is always more to discover. Education plays an important and integral role in all facets of our lives. How we work, do business, live, play, explore, and build relationships. Let's talk teaching and learning together. Welcome to the People Teaching People podcast. Joining me on the podcast today is Stacy Watts. Stacy is a social media coach and content strategist with over 10 years of experience in social media management. She is the founder of Stacy on Social and the Behind the Content Social Club, where she helps businesses and individuals improve their social media presence and create engaging content. With a passion for community, connection, and communication, Stacy has worked with a wide range of clients from small businesses to Fortune 500 companies. She has been a coach for the past four years, sharing her knowledge and expertise with those looking to take their social media and content strategy to the next level. Whether you are new to social media or a seasoned pro, Stacy can help you develop a powerful and effective social media and content strategy that will help you connect with your audience and achieve your business goals. Stacy is a heart-centered entrepreneur whose journey has been all about community and curiosity. In this episode, you will hear a personal story about how Stacy went above and beyond with helping me with a social media crisis and how committed she is to always learning and supporting and guiding her people. So much for joining me today, Steve. Thanks so much for having me. This is very exciting. I know we've, I've been listening to the pod for a long time, this one and the one previous. And so I'm really excited to get a chance to be on it. I'm so flattered. Thank you. And I'm super excited to have you here. And where I always like to start is to learn more about my guests and their stories. And so Tell me about your journey of becoming a social media coach and content strategist. So it's not a it's not a clear path <laughs> to where I got here. I, it's a very curvy journey. I started back in 2012. I was in university in a, a media and communications degree with a minor in marketing. I had a toddler and a preschooler and was at my local gym, believe it or not, at Gold's Gym. And the manager said, wait, you're in marketing. Could you take over our Twitter and our Facebook? And I'm like, sure. I got paid in babysitting. Like basically they took the kids into the babysitting section of the gym and I could go work out and I took over their Twitter and their Facebook. And basically it snowballed from there. It's following the white rabbit down into Wonderland and joining the tea party. It's been that wild and crazy, but I wouldn't change any of it for anything back in five years ago, and I actually celebrated my fifth anniversary this year, 
I started as a social media manager. The company at the time was called Up Virtual Communications. It was my company. I had 14 clients and I burnt out by the first year. It doesn't take much to do it when you're trying to do all the things and wearing all the hats for other people. And I found what I was doing is I was actually coaching them at the same time I was doing it for them. So what I did is I turned around and was like, okay, I actually enjoy this side better. And I used to, at one point while I was ending, finishing, graduated university in 2006, I took a job at the Boys and Girls Club as an employability coach. So I actually created an entire 12 week program in basically in a week (laughs) and put it together for the youth. So I really enjoyed that quite a bit. We actually created it as we were teaching the other parts. (laughs) So it was like teach the other parts in the morning and in the afternoon, go write the next section for the next day. So it was really cool that way. And it taught me a lot, which I then took into my coaching side. Beginning of 2020, when things shut down, I had to let go of my brand new coaching clients. I have a few, but they're all storefronts. And it was the right thing to do because they had to pay their employees. They really didn't need to be paying a coach. So I was like, no, contracts are null and void. Don't worry about it. You've paid me to this date. I'm taking care of it. I have no overhead. So it was like, no big deal. It was crappy, <laughs> but at the same time, no big deal. So what I did is in April of 2020, I went full on coaching, changed the name to Stacy on social and have gone full steam into that ever since. And it's been absolutely the most, the best decision I ever made was to stick with it, but to go into the coaching side and I keep up with all the trends, (laughs) all the things that are going on, all the platforms, all the different features that are coming out. I keep up with the fundamentals of marketing. I understand the brand messaging side and the different components that go into people's marketing. And if I don't know something, which is very, there's a lot to marketing, especially digital marketing, because we have email marketing and we have the different platforms and stuff. I will actually go out and get someone that I know that is an expert in that to help me. I've built up an amazing community of experts along with just an amazing community. That's fantastic. And I love how in your journey, you try different things. You found out what pieces and parts you liked, didn't like in some of your experiences that were maybe outside of the realm of social, like creating a program, you realized how much you enjoyed that coaching piece and it led you to what you're doing today. And I always am so appreciative when people who are leaders and experts in a certain area will say, there are things that I don't know. I don't know all and everything, but I know who to ask. I know how to find out. I can do some investigating and support you because you've got that strong framework of understanding Whereas someone like myself who doesn't have that particular expertise would just be completely overwhelmed by all the information that's out there. So to have you guide others through that journey is just absolutely fantastic. Now, you touched on this a little bit, but just the idea of community being Mm -hmm. so key to the work that you're doing. And I know a big part of the work that you do with people is really getting to know them and getting a sense of what their needs are, what their goals are. So I'd love for you to tell me more about what relationship building looks like in your business and why it's so important to the work that you do. Really, it's number one. 
it's a hundred percent priority within my business. It is part of my vision. It is part of my mission, not only creating community that I you know that comes to me for things, but where I can also take someone like yourself and connect you with somebody else so that we can grow your community, grow my community. So I grew up, it sounds funny to go this far back, but I grew up in a small town and community was everything. If it wasn't for the community, we wouldn't be able to build, like we got artificial ice for the skating rink. We got the elementary school playground through community. And so that was always instilled that it wasn't just, and you've heard the term, uh, it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to raise a business. You really can translate it to that because as a solo entrepreneur, we're on our own 90%, if not 100% of the time, or we feel like that. And so to have community means that we're not alone, that you can come to me and be like, hey, Stace, have you ever experienced imposter syndrome? Yeah, let me tell you. I got a story for you. And it's, I learn as much from my community as they learn from me. And I think that's fundamental to creating community and realizing that I actually don't have competition. There are people doing the exact same thing I am doing within my community. They're doing it differently. They're doing it maybe somebody could say better, or maybe I'm doing it differently and better but I don't see it that way. I see them as a peer, as someone that I can work with. I can go to exactly that point we both made is there's someone I can go to if I don't completely understand. My current coach is Brandon at Brands on Brands, and he is a podcasting and YouTube coach. I want to get into podcasting and YouTube and I've held off for three years. And it was because I felt very alone in it, in that part of the journey. And it just, I didn't want to take that step because it's a fear and not knowing the platform and just holding myself back. But because him and I connected at social media marketing world in San Diego, even though technically we, we talk the same language, like he actually, he took me through something that I take my clients through. And it's like, I could have done this without paying for it. And he's no, that's not what you're not paying for me to teach you what I, that you teach. You're paying me to walk you through so that you aren't holding yourself back. And it's, that's brilliant. So that's what community means to me. And I build relationships by getting to know the person. So if I get a message from someone and they're like, what are your services? I'm like, how about we have a coffee chat? I want to know more about your business. I don't want to automatically sell you something because I may not be the right person for you, but I may know the right person for you. Yeah. So that's what it means to me. No, I think it's so true. Just having surrounding yourself with people whom you can support, who can support you, who you can direct other people to for support. It really helps everybody grow and develop and learn. And by having that curiosity with your clients in really understanding what it is, the support that they're looking for allows you to guide them on the path that's right for them. And it's so interesting. People ask me, like, what are, what do I charge or what are my packages and those kinds of things? And I have certain sort of categories of services that I provide to people as a consultant. 
But what I do for one person never looks exactly the same as what I do for somebody else. And just as you said, it's having conversation and understanding more what supported is that they are looking for. And then us coming to a mutual sort of agreement of what that journey is going to look like. And it can change a little bit along the way, but you have to really get to know the person. Nothing can really be cookie cutter if it's going to be effective and meaningful for somebody. And I don't like the one size fits all coaching style. Like I try to do courses. I have courses that I've put together. I ran one in the beginning of 2021 and it was wonderful. Like I had eight slots to fill. I had six people fill it, which for a course right out of the gate, that's never been run before was amazing. But I didn't run it a second time because it wasn't aligned with the way I want to coach, which is why I set up the membership I have now, because then I can, you can come to me and say, I want to learn how to X and I will, I love to research. (laughs) It's a big component of what I do. I like, I love also to go and learn new things. So if you came to me and said, I want to learn everything about YouTube even though I know nothing today about YouTube, by the time I went to teach it to you, I would know way more than I should because you asked, because you wanted to know. So I will, or I'll go and like I said, I'll ask an expert that I know and they'll either teach me or I'll have them teach my group. But it's, it makes more sense because not everybody is in the same start. Yeah. Starting point. Um, well, and then- some people feel that there are, that they aren't, as far ahead as they actually are. So you could start teaching them something. They're like, actually, I know that. And I know that. And I know I don't want to continue to waste their time. So it's like, scrap that. I actually, one of the first speaking thing, speaking to a group before the pandemic that I did, I had this beautiful presentation. I had it up on my computer, ready to go. And I'm going through it. And I'm just seeing glazed eyes and blank stares. And people are just like, like it was either way too advanced or just, beyond or they already knew these things. So I literally shut the laptop down and said, actually, I'm going to try something different. So I shut the laptop down and I did. And this is how I learned the curiosity factor is I went around the table and said, you told me that you do insurance for a living. First off, what kind of insurance do you do? Okay. Found out this is, and what I basically did is these are the kind of posts that you could be doing Because the one woman had told me, she goes, well, I do insurance. Insurance is boring. I don't know how to write content for that. So I was like, okay, here's the kind of content I would do for an insurance company. And I was like, you can talk about smoke detectors, changing furnace filters, cleaning up near the edges of the house so that you don't flood the basement, eaves. There's so many factors because she was a home insurer that things that people forget. I said, you can do checklists and you can do reminders and People will come to you as the expert in those things because you're the one putting it out there and no other insurance agent is putting it out there because they think insurance is boring, just like you did, but now you don't. And so I went around the entire table, it was a horseshoe table, and because I had asked just about everybody when we were talking, like, what do you, I know what I do, nobody needs to know what I do. So I'm like introducing myself and finding out what they did. I was able to go around just about the entire table, knew what each one of them did and was able to give them an idea for content just by going around that table. They all walked out of there going, that was the most amazing like hour and a half we've ever spent. Yet the first like 35 
minutes was spent with a really bad PowerPoint presentation that they didn't need to see. But the last part, because it was interactive and it was curiosity-based and community-based, blew it up. And they are now not one of those, I, every one of those women still follow me. Every one of those women still reach out when they need something. They also refer me constantly. And that was the A, the power of community. And the power of uh, curiosity. Yeah, so. those two things together are fantastic. And I and it's, I think it's so interesting because I think there are so many different types of learning experiences, and they serve a certain kind of purpose. So, yes. you know, if you had a pre-recorded, self-directed online course, it would serve a specific purpose. You know, yeah. giving a baseline understanding or diving in a partic- into a particular skill, asking those key reflective questions of people. But to really get to know the people and to be receptive, you have to think a little bit more outside the box, just like you did in that very moment. And I can see how you've brought up some fantastic examples of how teaching and learning are a part of the work that you do. You're always learning and (laughs) figuring out what the new features are and what the new tech is and what's happening on the different platforms and really diving into that for people and sharing that information. But you're also learning and paying attention to your community and the questions that they're asking. And by getting to know your people in the room that day, you were able to, with your expertise and background, to provide them the support that they needed at that time. Because you could have just powered through your presentation. And it's I would have funny. been so bored with myself. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because I worked with new teachers-to-be for four years at the University of Calgary, and I would watch them teach and assess them and mentor them and give them feedback when they're doing their practicums. And sometimes I think they felt that pressure to power through the content yep. and to get through the slides and just get all the information out. And sometimes they would forget to stop and look around the room and either ask a question or just notice and get a sense, like reading the crowd and where were they at and were they getting it or was it resonating or was it not? So the fact that you did that in that moment and then shifted that experience for the people in that room speaks to the relationship, the importance of relationships and community. And as you said, curiosity in the work that you do, which is fantastic. It certainly makes it a lot more engaging. You come away with a lot when, when you have a coach that will do that with you. It's just, it has taken a bit though, to continue to get that magic again and again. And actually I credit Clubhouse, which is a platform that's died off, but it's an audio based social media platform. And it was when I first got access to it was back in 2020. And I gathered three other experts in my industry, Andrea Kiley and Ketavan. And we would go on every Wednesday and we did a a room called seriously content creation doesn't have to be hard. Just the longest title. I would never put that long of a title to anything, but it was like, that's the title we needed at the time. And we would go on every Wednesday and we had no direction. At the very top of the hour, we would talk about one specific topic. Like when Reels became a brand new thing, it was not how are you going to, what are Reels, blah, 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 and how to use them. 
but it was, are you going to use reels? How are you going to use reels? We had that conversation. And then we would go into the, those people sitting in the room and let them ask their questions. They would take us on all different directions and they would be like, can you go look at my Instagram profile and give me recommendations? Sure. And we had never met them before. didn't know anything about them. So you'd go and you'd start quickly reading while somebody else was answering something. And you're like, here's the information. And you, that actually took all four of us out of our comfort zones of preparing stuff ahead of time. And we just went with it. And it actually, I think it broadens your thing because you're not thinking linearly in a line. <laughs> you're thinking in directions, all sorts of different directions. It helps. I also think it helps that my oldest has ADHD and I have to temper my mummying teaching him stuff in a different way. I can't just give it to him in a specific, like too many instructions and he's overwhelmed. So I do have to break it down for him. And I see that also in content and people are like, I don't want to do video and I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that. And it's like, but what does your audience want from you? Not what do you want to do or not want to do, but some of your audience doesn't learn well with video and some doesn't learn well with the written and you're losing people. So if you want to gain those people back, you need to give it to them in multiple different ways. And that's why repurposing is like one of my favorite things, because you literally can give the same message in a carousel or a static image, a carousel being a multiple image post up to 10 images. You can do audio, you can do video, you can do long form, short form. There's so many different ways to give information and someone is listening. Not, yeah. not be all the people, but someone is listening. <laughs> well, and that's just such an exceptional, fantastic, like teaching and learning strategy, because we do not, as you said, all take in information in the same way. And so by repurposing or sharing that information in different ways, we're going to connect and reach and resonate and support, help make a difference for more people, which is so fantastic. And on a very personal level, I was, I wanted to share, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but uh, a little bit of a story about how you personally went above and beyond with supporting me with my own social media. So Stacy and I have, for the listeners, have never yet met in person, no, but I'm wouldn't. sure we will. I'm sure we will, especially now that it is much easier to connect and get together with people in real life. But back in January of 2022, so just over a year ago, my Instagram account got hacked through a friend's account and yes. and I was trying to sort it out. And Stacey, you were just so incredibly kind and generous. You were helping me in all the ways like email, like Instagram voice messages, talking to me on the phone and trying to help me get my account back. And then miracle of miracles, it happened. I got it back, which was amazing. So yes. thank you again for all your support. But beyond that, you you walked me through the steps to make sure I had my two-factor authentication set up correctly. Yes. You also gave me some important, fantastically important strategy of taking my social media content and creating a file on my computer to have it there. So if anything happened at any time, all that work that I had done 
wouldn't be completely lost. I would still have access to it. I could also more easily repurpose it. So your mentorship and guidance for me on a very personal level um, was just above and beyond appreciated. So I was thinking that this would be a great opportunity to educate people on preventing what happened to me (laughs) from happening to others. So what would be a couple of tips that you would share with people about protecting themselves and their accounts and all the work that they've put into sharing content with social media? I have come across so many people that have unfortunately been in your position. They've either completely lost their accounts and have had to restart before I met them, or they are in the middle of trying to get their account back. So there's a couple steps. One, If you are even on any of these platforms, two-factor authentication should be set up on your Twitter, your Instagram, your Facebook, LinkedIn, YouTube, all of it. Two-factor authentication is really harder for the hackers to get into because it should go to your phone, your cell phone. Usually my cell phone, for example, and my laptop are both biometrically unlockable. So it's my finger. You cannot mimic my finger. Yes, you can mimic a four-digit passcode. You can probably figure it out. But my cell phone and my laptop and my iPad, in fact, are all biometrically. So they're all my fingerprint. Some can use facial recognition. With AI right now and the way it's going, I don't know if facial recognition is the best way to protect yourself. But biometric and having two-factor authentication really helps a lot. Another thing... And this is actually an interesting one because I actually learned this when I was helping you because I didn't know this is how Instagram was going to prove, you had to prove to them that it was in fact your account. Because if you think about it, when we first log into Instagram, it's literally an email address and a password. We could be anybody we want to be on Instagram. It's really not that hard. So they asked you for photos. They asked you to take basically your prison shots to the side, to the front, to the... And that one actually gave me an understanding of why it is so important, even more important for us to show our faces on our content is because it can actually help people know it's you and have the experts like Instagram absolutely know it's you because they will use their facial recognition and their AI, which they use AI for a lot of stuff that we don't know about. And they will take and look through your Instagram. And yes, this is in fact you. So showing up in your stories, even with just a still photo or showing up in your newsfeed with a still photo of different angles. Yep. Selfies. I got to think I started on social media when duck lips were still a thing, but it makes a difference. That's how they know it's you. Because right now, of course, Meta, Twitter, they've gone away from the blue check mark verifying that you are in fact who you say you are. Now you have to pay for it. But the really cool part is they actually require your driver's license or photo ID before you'll get that blue check mark. And they've made it so that you cannot change certain things without going back through the authentication and verification. And they provide support. So that's another thing is if you are absolutely concerned that you might be hacked again, Paying for the meta verification is not a bad idea. It's costly, but it's the cost of doing business online some days, especially since hackers are pretty good at what they do. Like I got a message from a friend yesterday on Facebook and I knew pretty quick that this didn't 
sound right, didn't sound like her and stuff was going sideways in the conversation. And so I messaged her husband. I said, I think Dawn's been hacked. And as I'm doing that, the hacker is sending me a message going, I'm not a hacker. I'm really hurt. And I'm like, that was like really well-timed. So I was like, maybe it is her. And he came back later that evening and said, no, she's been hacked. Please report the account. So that's what I did. Now, the other part is if you do get hacked, to keep yourself from losing everything that you've ever put out there, start a content vault. Start it today. It doesn't have to be fancy. I have technically, I have three content vaults. Canva is all my graphics. You can put it into folders into Canva. It's super easy to do so you can keep it organized. Another one is Google Drive. That's all my videos. What I discovered a long time ago was if you are doing Instagram Reels, anytime there's an update, you can lose your drafts. So I automatically, before I put any writing on it, I will hit the download to phone button or upload to phone. And I immediately move it from my phone into my Google Drive, which is also on my phone. So it goes to the Google Drive cloud. And that way, any videos that I have created, I can use over and over again. Plus, I don't lose them in the drafts. I also had a video, a real Reels video go upside down and backwards. So I was upside down and the writing was backwards. It was actually right to left instead of left to right, which was hilarious. It was the weirdest thing. And it came out of the drafts that way. And it was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. And so because I had saved it to my phone and put it into my content vault for the visual stuff, I didn't lose that piece of content. I was just able to repost it the correct way and it went fine. The other one is, as I mentioned to you before we started the recording, I use Evernote. Evernote is the end all be all for me when it comes to where to put my ideas. A lot of people use the notes feature on their phone. I find Evernote to be a lot beefier. You put it into a folder, then a notebook, then a note. So you can search it easier. You can categorize it. You can put stuff in there. I have over 1000 notes because anytime I come across something that I'd like to share with my audience, I put it in there. And so I am never at a loss for content. (laughs) Sometimes I just have to go through and be like, what do I want to talk about today? And it's already written. It's already ready to go. And so for anybody using any platform, Instagram, Facebook, they have shut down before. We lost them for an entire day. And everybody was losing their mind. And I was over on Twitter finding out what was going on. And of course it was like, what are we doing? We don't have Facebook and Instagram. And I'm like, I have a content vault. If they could crash today and we could have a brand new platform, Be Real, or there's a bunch of different platforms that have started since the pandemic. And I can take all that content because it's sitting in my vaults. It's not sitting on those platforms and I can repurpose it. And that's how you save time, you save energy. You don't have to worry about recreating the wheel. If you had lost your account that day and you had a content vault, we could have basically, you could have put out content from four or five years ago and just started up again. And it would have been, people would have gravitated right back to it. That's my suggestions. No, that's, it's so fantastic. And not something that you think about or worry about 
maybe quite to the same degree, unless you've experienced it or know somebody that has. And quite a few people have um, been affected in that way, for sure. So I, your advice is greatly appreciated. I wish I had known before, but now I know and hindsight's 2020. And now I have a content fault. (laughs) Now I have all levels of two-factor authentication in place. And I feel a lot better. It just eases the anxiety. And even if somehow a hacker was able to get into my account or something were to happen, I've got everything I need, which is wonderful. Now, we've talked a little bit about social media being an incredibly powerful tool and a way to build connections and relationships, but it can also easily create a sense of overwhelm and consume way too much of our time. So what would you say are some of the biggest time wasters on social media? And what would be some tips that you would recommend to business owners such as myself to spend less time on social media, but you're still effectively and meaningfully connecting with your clients? I have three things because these are things that come up all the time. Number one is worrying about what other people think. They don't care what you're doing. It's like the weather. The weather doesn't care that what you're doing, the weather just keeps doing what it's doing. And that's what is happening with other people. They're more concerned about themselves and way less concerned about you. I've put out content that I've taken. I've had to take a deep breath and go, okay, this might be an unpopular opinion. It might be a little controversial. I may get some pushback from it. And instead I get amazing messages that come back to me saying, thank you for saying that because I've been feeling that, or thank you for putting out this kind of content. It really resonated with me and helped. Like I very rarely get someone coming at me going, you're an idiot, you're a moron. Nobody thinks that. We think people think that, but that's not the case. And the biggest thing is to stop worrying about what other people think. Now, the other one, this is the one I get a lot. Stop worrying about the algorithm. The algorithm is a giant algebraic mathematical equation that collects information on the actions that we're taking on the platforms, the likes, the dislikes. So every time you like, comment, save, share something, every time you scroll past something that you don't want to really read or you hit the mute button, all of those actions are accumulated. Like the algorithms, there's a lot more to it, but that's really all we need to know about. And if we continually worry about hacking the algorithm or breaking the algorithm or beating the algorithm, and there are coaches out there that is their 100% folk, that is a huge time suck because you're trying to beat a math equation, a giant, like a wall. It's a room that the this equation covers. That's how big it is. And every platform has different criteria that fall into the algorithm. So you have no knowledge of what they're trying to put in there. So why waste your time on it? So don't worry about the the algorithm. Think of it this way. The algorithm is the people. It, the algorithm is the users of the platform. So if you post something in crickets, it means that the people listening didn't like it. If you get a lot of engagement on it, repeat it. Find another way to take exactly what you did there and recreate it, maybe with a different messaging or a different topic. But that's how you know what your community, what your people are in fact liking and are interested in. And of course, if you listen to your audience in the comment section and ask more questions and show up more curious, 
you will find out what they want to hear and you won't waste your time posting. Like you won't be posting stuff that's crap, <laughs> but that's how we learn. We're not going to know unless we post it. So really don't stop not posting it. And the other big thing is worrying about the changes happening on the platforms. The platforms are going to change because again, the people, the users, us want to see different things. Instagram reels, just as an example, was huge through the pandemic. We as users went from 15 minutes of Instagram time during a day to three hours during the pandemic. That is trickled off because we're no longer in that situation. We can get out, we can network with people in real life. We can go out and do things. We can travel. So we're not spending as much time. So right now engagement is down and a lot of people are upset about that. But I'm like, are you still selling something? Do you still have people? I still have people coming into my DMs asking me what I do, what services I offer and what programs I offer because people are still interested based on my content. They're just not commenting. They're not liking it as much. Like it's nothing to do with my content. It strictly has to do with the way the platform is being used. And even the CEO of Instagram came on one day on his broadcast channel and said they discovered that people were engaging more on stories and in DMs and less on newsfeed. So that tells me that all of these experts, gurus telling you, you need to post every day and you need to post X amount of times every day. They're wrong. It's working for them. It's working for their audience, but it's not maybe working for everybody. You need to pay attention to what's working on your stuff and don't worry about the rest. And don't worry about the new features. That's why you have coaches like me who will let you know how the new features are working and whether it should concern you or not. That's really good advice. Really good advice because it is just so easy to get stuck and yeah. feel completely overwhelmed and then do nothing, which is not the best solution. It's better to do something. And as you said, be curious, try things, listen, engage with people in a meaningful way, and don't let yourself get overwhelmed with all the moving parts, new features and things like that. Exactly. Now, so you're obviously an incredible social media coach and teacher and support mm -hmm. for the people that you work with. So when you think about your own journey, do you have a favorite teacher or learning experience that really stands out for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So my very first, so I am a, I'm 48. I have no problem telling people that because a lot of people that come to me are like, I thought this was a young person's game. Like I, I didn't realize, like I had that actually come from a girl who was 37. I'm like, you're not old. Please stop. I'm almost 50 and I've been doing this since 2012 and I'm not going to stop just because of my age. So I actually have two to give you two very quick little stories because I think it's something somebody needs to hear. I was on a Zoom getting to know you pre-conference Zoom for social media marketing world and we did breakout rooms and up on my screen pops up this gentleman and he's I'm almost 50. He was definitely not 50. And he introduces himself. His name is Fred. And he is a retired doctor. He is in his 80s. And he just started a YouTube channel. And I'm like, Fred, you are who I want to be when I am actually you're who I want to be today. Never mind when I'm 80. And so it's like, 
he's in his 80s. He's retired. He does not need to be starting a YouTube channel, but he wants to because it was something that resonated with him. And so I'm like, that's what more people need to hear. So that is one of the ultimate lessons I've learned is age is not a factor on social media. Like just throw that out. Age, size, those things need to be like forgotten because you have a message that needs to be heard by the world. And Fred, it has a YouTube channel and he sings. It's pretty darn awesome. He's in Australia. And I really hope his YouTube channel blows up one day because he's freaking amazing at that age to be doing that and saying, I don't see why I can't do a YouTube channel at 80, like in my 80s. My other favorite teacher was actually my first university professor. And I started university back. Oh my goodness. I was 31. I, it, it took a bit to get through university. I graduated when I was almost 41, but there's a long story behind that. I'm not going to share that part, but the very first university professor I had was Kelly Kerr and she was my gen 300 professor. And when you are an older student coming back into school, it takes it's a step that's a little harder than if you came right out of high school. Cause you still have that muscle memory on writing and those skills. And I had not written an essay in years. I had barely written emails at that point. And she basically gave us the fundamentals that I still teach to this day on how to break stuff down in social media, how to break stuff down in your writing so that it's not so overwhelming. A lot of people don't want to do blog posts because there's so much to it. And it's like, she gave me these fundamentals and it's create an outline. The outline should be your introduction, the body of what you're going to write about and your conclusion, and then go and take the body of what you're writing and break it down into each paragraph. Go research that paragraph, write it, write the next one, write the next one, then go back and write your introduction and conclusion. That blew my mind. Because everybody starts at the top. We start at the introduction and you write it. And it doesn't make sense by the time you get to the conclusion because they're being written at separate times and things can change once you start your research and your thought process can change. So it's better to break it down like that. That outline and that fundamentals actually works in content creation. So if you think about your hook, that very first line that everybody sees on Facebook, on Instagram, as your introduction and why should I read this? That is right there. And then your body. So you can literally go and peck away at the little parts in the middle and then write your call to action, which is your conclusion. That made so much more sense. And once everybody hears that, they're like, wow, writing content isn't actually as hard as I thought it was. And it's because you need to know the pathway, right? So she gave us that and it was absolutely mind-blowing and that took me right through I can write anything from a Twitter post which is 240 characters which are super tiny so you really have to get your thought out there to a 32 page essay which was my final essay in university it was 32 pages long and I didn't actually find it overwhelming because I knew how to break it down and knew how to chip away at it in a way that made sense so now, when I put stuff together, I put eBooks together. I put all these different things together. I've spoken to book uh, like authors and coaches that help authors. And they say, that's exactly how I show my writers. That's how they can't write the beginning of their book 
from the beginning. It actually has to be from the body and then the beginning and the end have to be written. It's like, that's wild. That works for all these different types of writing. And we think they're all different. I took that, the fundamentals she gave me, and that's actually how I got my oldest son with ADHD to learn how to write because that was the biggest mind block he had. He didn't think he could write. So I actually got him to read a children's story, write down the who, what, where, why, and how of this children's story. And then I verbally got him to write out a paragraph. So he verbally gave me a paragraph based on those building blocks. And all of a sudden the light bulb went off, which is my favorite moments in time was when somebody's light bulb goes off and you can see the look on their face. They're like, I got it. I understand it now. And his light bulb went off. He goes, I'm actually a really good writer. And he hadn't written a word. It was all verbal, but I'm like, there you go. And he went back to school. That was in 2021. And he was getting maybe fifties in English. He's now in the seventies. He's almost in the eighties. And the teachers that he had look at the stuff he's written. Then he was writing a sentence. If we were lucky now he's up to 700, 900 words. Yes. She's my favorite teacher of all time because I've used it continuously throughout my journey. So that's fantastic. (laughs) You Fred and your teacher. That's amazing that she's given you a tool that you not only applied yourself, but now you share with other people, including your clients and your family, which is amazing. So listened. And he actually listened. (laughs) And so in your journey, I've I'm almost 45. So I feel you. And I feel young at heart. I feel you. Oh, I don't feel like I'm (laughs) the white hair that's coming in. I don't feel like I'm 48 at all. No, I I'm loving my 40s. And I know along your journey, you've done so many different things, amazing things. What's something that you would say you're the most proud of? Oh, sticking with it. Back in 2020, and it's I, I just shared a post about this recently because it was, I think more people needed to hear it. I almost quit. I was like, so done. The kids were all of a sudden, it was March 15th and school shut down and work. My husband was working from home all of a sudden. The kids were home all of a sudden. We didn't know what was going on. My father was in the hospital. He wasn't doing very well. My mom was like not doing well mentally because she was, he was there and she wasn't there in another province. I couldn't go visit. Like everything just kept coming at me. And I was like, I all, I had to shut down that side of the business and basically hand over my clients and be like, you can go on your journey because you can't pay me and your storefronts. And it was like, do I continue doing what I'm doing? I really am done. I was so overwhelmed and we, I think we were all overwhelmed and it was just, there was so much unknown. And a friend of mine, Kylie, who was on clubhouse with me, had posted pivot, don't quit. That was all she posted. There was no context. It was pivot, don't quit. And I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. I don't know what it looks like. I'm not going to be able to figure this out if I don't try. So I, that's when I went from up virtual communications to Stacy on social. It really wasn't a big change because I had already been coaching at that point, but I decided that's hundred percent what I'm doing. Refresh everything, go this direction. And that has actually come back full circle, full circle so many times, you know, pivot, don't quit. I did that last year. The program that I was putting together just wasn't resonate, wasn't aligning with me. I didn't feel right about it. 
I didn't throw it out completely. Everything was written. The sales page was written. The emails were written. Everything was put together. So I'm using some of it now, but it didn't align with where I am today. And so I took a break and I 100% will tell you in order to be able to focus on your business, sometimes your social media needs to come second or third or fourth or wherever it is. That's why repurposing is so incredibly important because you can continue your presence on social media without having to be on there every freaking day and having that time suck. So a couple of suggestions I have for that. Set timers. There are timers on Instagram, on the Facebook app, on these different apps that will actually come up. If you set it for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, it'll come up until your time's up. And then you will naturally intentionally do things. So when we had COVID in January, 2022, I was still hugely active on my Instagram from bed, but I wasn't posting brand new content. It was all repurposed content. And I was engaging more than I had been to keep things going, to keep the wheels on the train. And I actually had five different people contact me to know what I offer. And I wasn't actually promoting anything at the time, but they came to me because I was still very active in my content or in my engagement, which was actually more important at that time than posting new content. Okay. What was the question again? About what you're most proud of in your journey. So you're saying don't quit. quit. Yes. (laughs) More than enough times. That's why I have so many stories about it is because more than enough times I've hit the brick wall. I've wanted to stop. When I first was in that first year of social media marketing and the burnout that I hit, that, yeah, I wanted to quit so bad. And that's why I went in a different direction. And then I, some people say you shouldn't pivot so many times, but I feel like we have to understand that as we evolve and grow, the path doesn't have to be clear 100% of the time and the path doesn't have to be straight. It can be a Sunday morning cartoon where the kid is running all in circles all around the, to get to the house. I'm sure the older crowd will know what I'm talking about. I do. I can picture it now. Yes. But that's it. That's the part I'm most proud of. All the accolades. I just got nominated for an Alberta Women Entrepreneurs Award. I got nominated for an award last year. Those are great and fine and dandy and winning would be great. But it's really the part of continuing and growing and allowing myself to grow and allowing myself to learn how to take steps back and breathe and then refocus again. So anytime someone comes to me and they're like, I need a break off of social media. I'm like, sure, this is how you do it. Take the break. Cause you're not, you're, you can't continue posting if you're at that stage, it's just not going to work for you and it's not going to work for your audience. Yeah. Take the break. And that's the pivot. Don't quit. Well, and I think those words of wisdom are so important. Just when we think about empowering people and encouraging people in their own teaching and learning journeys, that's what it's really all about. Because I think we can feel so stuck and it's okay to take those breaks and it's okay to shift and change and do things differently. And those that's fantastic advice. And thank you for sharing some examples from your own experiences and how you really embodied and lived that 
Well, and I have a few ra- quick rapid fire questions for you. Um, Bring on. One is, what is something that you would love to learn about or something you'd love to learn to do? YouTube. <laughs> it's going to happen. I Yeah, it's going to yeah. be amazing. The cover art is there. So I've got the banner at the top all ready to go. I've set it up so that I can do the videos. And next week, it's on my calendar by sitting down with Brandon. I've got a plan. So yeah, YouTube. What is, I love it. I love YouTube. I can't wait to check it out. What is a place that is at the top of your travel bucket list? Oh my goodness. I'd love to go back to Scotland. I love it. I actually spent two weeks in the UK and Paris when I was, it was 2023 and I got to go to Scotland and tour all of Scotland up to Isle of Skye on a haggis tour. We did not eat haggis, but we went on a haggis tour, which is a lot more about drinking and a lot less about the food. (laughs) I went over to London. I went over to Paris, but I would love to go back and actually get to Ireland this time as well. Italy is another place. I want to go to Italy and see the culture. I really love I love history and I really, it's so weird. I watch documentaries more than I watch anything else on television because I'm curious and I want to know. And I'd I'd love to take what I've watched and go and physically show up there and be like, wow, so that's what this actually looks like. So those are two of my biggest places to go back. And obviously like some of the bigger ones like Australia and New Zealand would be fantastic too, but I'd like to do those for a month, not just two weeks. <laughs> Fair enough. What is a book, podcast, movie, or TV show that you've enjoyed recently? So I have been reading Superfans by Pat Flynn. Pat Flynn was the keynote, final keynote speaker at Social Media Marketing World. He made me cry. He knows he made me cry because he came back out and we had tweeted that you made, uh, my friend tweeted, you made Stacy cry. And so he actually came out and he gives me a big hug. He's like, I'm sorry I made you cry, (laughs) but it was that impactful. And he makes it, he's a storyteller first and foremost. He's a great storyteller and he makes things actionable and doable. He's the kind of teacher we should all have or should try to strive to be because he's not trying to be the guru. He's not trying to be the expert. He's still in that curiosity learning phase as well. And he doesn't make you feel like it's unattainable, which is awesome because I find the term guru drives me nuts because I think that's unattainable. And that means you stop learning and you stop being curious. So he is, yeah, by far right now, super fans go in the Pat Flynn podcast, the Pat Flynn YouTube channel, and even watching his Deep Pocket Monster, which is about Pokemon on YouTube is fascinating. So yeah, check him out. He's one of my favorites right now. Amazing. And if you could sit down and have a conversation with someone you would love to learn from, who would it be and why? Oh my goodness. There's so many people. There's so many people. Um, Judy Fox, Mari Smith, Molly Mahoney, Pat Flynn. They're all in marketing, but they all do it very differently. They're all experts in, in like, Mari Smith is a Facebook expert. Judy Fox is a LinkedIn expert. Pat Flynn, of course, is YouTube expert. And Molly Mahoney is AI expert. So these are all very fascinating things. I would love to sit down with them. It's funny because some people would pick Elon Musk or any of those like famous people. And I don't really want 
to know. <laughs> I don't. I'd ra- like Bill Gates, maybe, but I'd rather sit down with people that I'm, I feel a little bit more on the same level with, but they're slightly elevated. And I'd like to learn more from them and have those conversations. Cause I feel like there's a lot to learn just from that alone. But yeah. Those are the people. I love it. Thank you. There, And you're right. There is a lot to learn. And Stacey, yeah. I want to thank you so much for sharing your time and your story and all your words of wisdom with us today. And I wish you the best of luck with your nomination. Oh, thank you. And if our listeners want to learn more about you and all the things that you're up to, where are the best places to find you? So I am on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, on LinkedIn, it's Stacy Watts. I Stacy on social is not there, but on all the other platforms, it is Stacy on social. So you'd find me on the brand new YouTube channel under that. Stacy on social, Instagram, Stacy on social, Facebook, and Twitter. Plus, of course, the website, which is StacyOnSocial.com. I do have a blog that I try to post a couple times a month on. And of course, if they want to email me, I'm more than happy to take emails at hello at StacyOnSocial.com. I've kept it all simple, <laughs> so you'll never forget it. Um, but yeah, if they want to get in touch with me, those are some of the best places to do it. Perfect. I'll make sure to share all of those in the show notes. And I want to thank you so much for joining me today, Stacy. It was so fun to connect with you and to learn from you. I had a great time. I love, yeah, I just love going through the journey over and over again because I always feel like there's something to learn from it. So the biggest takeaway for anybody is, you know what, share your journey because someone is listening and someone is learning from it. So please don't stop sharing the journey. 100%. And that is my why for this podcast. Thank you so much, Stacey. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to the People Teaching People podcast. I'm your host, Tiana Fesh. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Tiana Fesh and on my website, tianafesh.com. I would love it if you would subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast. Your feedback and support are so appreciated. See you next time where we will continue to explore all things teaching and learning together.